least it feels like it has, right? And it's so great to have you all back. My name is Dr. Ian Levy. I'm your host for this show. As you know, we talk about hip-hop, its impact on youth development. But today, uh, specifically, we're going to talk about self-care. And we're going to think about how, as educators, you know, and as youth-facing adults, we are able to wrap our own minds around our own well-being and and tend to that as a prerequisite for being able to show up ready for the work that we have to do with young people. And I can't think of a better person to engage in this dialogue with than uh, my homie Shauna Brown, who you might all know from at Teach for the Culture on Instagram as well as some other platforms across social media. Shauna is incredible, uh, a brilliant educator, advocate, somebody who has so many thoughts to share on how to do transformative work with young people, but also how to engage in radical self-care at the same time. So without belaboring the point too much, um, I would love to just start off by introducing Shauna or asking Shauna to introduce herself. All right. So hello. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Levy. Um, my name is Shauna Brown. I've been in education for almost two decades. I'm also the owner and founder of Teach for the Culture, LLC, at Teach mm-hmm. for the Culture on Instagram. Um, my work focuses on just working with youth of all ages. Um, the last um, 15 years, I've been working with middle school and high school students. Um, but I've also, you know, been in roles such as instructional coach, um, district administrator, um, state department of education consultant, um, and just a, a broad range of things. Um, I'm a, a, a graduate of Temple University whoop, whoop, in Philly, mm-hmm. from undergrad Temple. student teaching down there. Um, came back to New York. I taught in Brooklyn um, first, Wingate High School, when it was all one school. Um, I'm also a graduate of Columbia University, got my master's there. Um, and then, yeah, I've been, I've been teaching and, and, and working education ever since. That's what's up. And I, I love what you're doing on IG. I mean, generally speaking, but also on IG, um, I am a follower, a patron. I have, I almost wore it. I'm, oh. I'm like at work right now, but I, I, <laughs> you know, I had a meeting today, so they made me throw the button down on, but I, um, but I bought, uh, the, I mean, I want to buy all of your t-shirts. I want to buy the decolonizing education one. I was looking at it and I was like, I got to pop, I got to cop that immediately. But there was a disrupting like deficit yeah. narratives, I think is, yep. is the joint I got, uh, in olive, you know, just right. shout out to olive. I love that color. Uh, but yeah, so just, uh, anybody that's looking to get, to get gear that is dope, um, definitely check out teach for the culture, but like. I guess I'm curious, like, how did you come up with those? Like, so I, I agree with all of the t-shirts that I've seen, right? And I'm like, I want to buy all of them because ideologically I vibe with that. Like, how do you make sense of like the memorabilia? How does that sort of fit into to what you're trying to do? Yeah, so definitely. Um, so I wanted a way for educators and just people in general to spark conversations specifically around um, issues of social justice and equity and education. And so all of my T-shirts um, and all, all of the, the apparel, really, um, they have, you know, simple, straightforward statements that are either serve as affirmations um, that can spark a conversation or make a statement without saying anything. I think a lot of times educators, we kind of move into spaces and, and sometimes we don't um, know how to, you know, bring certain things up. And so having mm-hmm. on a T-shirt in, you know, straightforward, bold print 
was kind of a way I thought of as um, being able to start these conversations, which I think are critically important, um, especially now, but at all times in education. And so everything, yeah. that, you know, all the, the sayings, um, our original quotes or, or things that I came up with, or just um, things I believe in ideologically within education um, that I think are important. And so, yeah, that's kind of, and I, and I kind of keep adding to the collection, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to stay on top of it and anything else that comes up, I'm going to, you know, I might have to, I might have to get it. Um, but I was going to, you know, ask a follow up there. You know, you're mentioning like self-affirmation and the importance of self-affirmation. And when I think about that, I think about the importance of, of this for both educators and for youth. Um, and I'm wondering like, what are your thoughts on, on, on self-affirmation, the value of it, how we might promote it more in our work, uh, right now? All right. So, so first of all, what we tell ourselves and what we tell ourselves over and over, we believe about ourselves. So I think affirmations, both for educators and people in general and youth are critically important. Um, similar to what we tell ourselves um, becomes true and what we believe in. I believe that what we ha- the way we talk about our youth, the way we talk to our youth, the things we say to them, um, they also start to internalize and believe those things. And the, those things become a reality for them as well. So I think affirmations, um, can be uplifting. I think they're uplifting to people of all ages. Um, you know, it doesn't stop when you leave K-12 or, mm. you know, higher ed, but affirmations are just a, a way of um, kind of, a, again, like, you know, in Jamaica, we say, big up yourself. So like, <laughs> up, up, make, making sure that, um, you know, you're showing that self-love and self-care. And again, you, you I believe that youth become what they hear and what they believe about themselves mm. and the same thing with mm. us. So what we hear about ourselves, what we tell ourselves, how we talk to ourselves um, manifests itself within our actions and, and just who we become and who we are. Yeah. I, I wish that we could all like regularly big up ourselves <laughs> and that we could teach youth to big up themselves. And I do think we can, right? Um, but unfortunately that's not the narrative that is pushed in most educational spaces. It's almost like a big down yourself, if that can be a, mm-hmm. a thing, right? And so, um, right. And so, I'm wondering, like, how do we, you know, we met through this hip hop ed space. Like, how does hip hop ed facilitate like big upping ourselves? Ooh, so it's so I, I believe that hip hop ed first off facilitates it through just being able to express yourself and speak your truth, and so just being able to be who you are. And being able to express yourself and, and speak your truth and create what you want to see for yourself in your community. I think that is a part of affirmations. It's not, mm-hmm. you're not internalizing what someone else says about you. Mm-hmm. But to me, part of the work is about um, defining who you are and, and mm-hmm. being that and walking in that authentically. And so I think, yeah. you know, hip hop ed is a, is a perfect example of, of how that um, manifests. Yeah, when I think about like disrupting deficit narratives, right? I think about hip hop as this means of pushing back against the things that youth are told that they can or cannot be or or how they should present themselves. Um, And actually says like, not F that, like I'm gonna present myself in the ways that I wanna present myself. Um, and that's what it's always been, right? I mean, from its origins and even and even still today. And And I can't think of a more important time than like, the beginning of the school year in yeah. 2021 mm-hmm. to to offer youth 
pathways to define themselves outside of how education wants to define them. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm wondering how that shows up for you or how that's showing up for you right now. Cause I know you're in schools, like you just went back, like tell us about like where you are now, what's going on. And then maybe how this idea of helping youth like define themselves, um, in sort of using these like counter narratives, how that maybe plays a role in your work. Yeah. So, um, I think definitely just creating outlets for expression helps to facilitate that. So whether that be through writing, through song, through rap, what, whatever that may be. But I think just having um, youth be able to share who they are um, artistically or, you know, by, by any means um, is just a way of helping them to show up and, and, and say that, like, mm -hmm. you are who you are and you are enough. Like, you mm. don't have to be someone else. You don't have to be what, you know, someone else wants you to be. But you are enough the way you are. Like, you inherently <laughs> kind of just, <laughs> just, just are enough. And so, and I think just accepting you for what they are um, or meeting them where they are as well. So not just, um, you know, not just leaving them like, how can I break this? All right. So, mm -hmm. so, so making sure they're still elevating, right? So making sure they're um, on the path to their own, sorry about that. It's all right. Walking into their own um, greatness um, with their own likes, with their own interests, um, not trying to make education a one size fits all because that's definitely mm -hmm. not, you know, giving them space to just be themselves. Um, having youth kind of show what they know in different ways valuing the knowledge and the culture that they bring, um, affirming them in that and not treating it as an other or treating them as other, but saying what you bring to the table is important. What you bring to the table um, is unique to you and, you know, it's it's enough. And so, and just affirming them and just who they are in general. So Yeah. And, and that's such like ongoing work that is, not only like difficult and takes time, right? Uh, but it's hard to like, I can't give you a curriculum around how to do that, right? right? Like, and I think, I think for a lot of educators, it's hard to think in, you know, like what you're describing sounds like, let's create like a bunch of different pathways for youth to be artistic, for them to like, un like present parts of themselves and then we can affirm and validate those like, that's wonderful, right? And then, but teachers are going to ask, or educators are going to ask, like, how do I do that? How do I make time for that? What about all of the, you know, opportunities for learning that we missed out on during the pandemic? You know, all the things that we hear from naysayers, like, what's your response to that? Like, how do we make time right now in this school year as we begin uh, for that work? Yeah. So one thing, I mean, I can say simply, and it's just kind of a mindset sh shift for some people, is that we are not teaching curriculum we are teaching children. <laughs> so it's just, if, if you enter the space thinking that you are here just to teach the curriculum or this text or follow this pacing guide, to me, that, that kind of misses the mark. We're teaching yeah. children. So if you, if you focus, or youth, if you focus on the people that are in front of us, mm. that kind of puts us on the path to, to me where we should be headed towards. Yeah. You know, and, and I and I think like before we can do that, right? Like I think of, of you know, the work that 
our big bro Chris Emden has done, and then the incredible Yolanda Siliru Ruiz has done, right, around sort of like archaeology of self and like self-excavating. Like how do we, like the work is first us, right? Like if I'm going to be able to look at the youth that are in front of me as all of who they are, I need to be able to look at myself for all of who I am. And I would go as far to say that going through education to the extent that both of us had, you know, you know, we both got our masters and some perhaps right at, at Columbia. And that's like, you know, in and of itself, like, it, you know, it's this great cool thing and, you know, we're all degreed up, but like, wh how did we minimize ourselves to that process? How did we lose parts of ourselves to that process? Um, how do we act? How does actually going to school to learn how to educate, actually put you in a position to know less about yourself and therefore less able to educate. Like, I think these are questions that we need to be asking. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, as we think about like looking at ourselves, like, you know, I, what have you learned about yourself in this last year? Ooh, wow. It's a big that, question. That, that is a question. You know, and I, that, you know, I love that question. Wow. What have I learned about myself in this last year? I mean, I say a whole lot. I'd say, um, I learned the, the power of, and I think I knew it in some ways, but I think even more I learned the power of me needing other people and the importance mm -hmm. of me being in community with others. I think yeah. prior to the pandemic and just, um, you know, years in education, it's been more like, you know, yeah, I'm working with other people. I, I love working together. I'm a big people person, but the um this pandemic and everyone coming together i think virtually more so mm -hmm. has shown me the true power of um me becoming even more of myself by connecting mm -hmm. with other people from all over the globe and all over the, the the country basically and so you know it's 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 the collective work um and it's 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 knowing that i can't do it on my own nor should i be trying to do it on my own but that I yeah. really truly need other people to be in community with as we go through things such as navigating, you know, teaching during the pandemic, um, just being socially distanced and all of that. And so, yeah, I might, I'm, I may have thought I was like strong by myself, but now mm -hmm. I, I understand even more so the power of um, community and the power of being in collective spaces. So I would say that that's one thing I learned about myself. And that's a that's a heck of a thing to learn and a, and a beautiful thing to learn. Something that I, I resonates with me a lot. I'm wondering and I love this conversation right now because we all up in this like philosophical yeah. like, knowledge of self space and I'm, I'm digging it. I'm wondering, like, how does education in your estimation? Um, uh, teach us to think that we can do it or should do this by ourselves Oof. like where does that come from so so dr levy i would say like almost everything with education those us <laughs> is it's supposed to be very like individualistic right so yeah. i can remember like back in elementary school i went to a catholic school from grades k to six and i can remember like you know taking tests and the the teachers putting up those um you know those like they look like science science fair borders so that you can't oh, yeah. like, to the left or right of you. 
It's almost yeah, like the, like the cardboard uh, yeah, that bend, yeah. the, 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 the trifold cardboard yeah. things. Yeah, 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 teaching yeah. us like, no, like it's, it's all about you. It's, it doesn't matter who's to your left or who's to your right. It doesn't matter um, the knowledge that can come together or the power of what happens when you put minds together, but it's just like all about you. And I think the education system really pushes that, right? Like from kindergarten on up, um, especially, you know, right through higher ed, right through grad school, it's it's very individualistic. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it should be, there should be more opportunities for like group work collaboration. That's the real world, right? Like the, the, the saying goes together, everyone achieves more. And I think, you know, even though it's a little, you know, not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but to me, collectivism is it. Like, collectivism is it. Yeah. Like, right. Collective knowledge is greater than individual knowledge any day. But the system definitely pushes individual knowledge. And um, I think it's trying to move away from that now, more so now. But um, I think traditionally it's been very much individualistic. Mm. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's part of the culture of, I would say, the, the dominant culture of the United States. Um, you know, having roots in capitalism, where it's kind of like the competition as to like who's on top or trying to, to get on top, not together, but just, you know, it's, it's individual competition. It's like, all right, if, if I'm doing well here, that means someone else has to has to do worse than I am doing. And so American dominant culture kind of feeds that ideology. And, and again, that's how capitalism works. It's not about yeah. raising up everyone up together or um, everyone being able to, to kind of, you know, eat the same thing. It's, it's all about like, if I'm here, then somebody has to be here. And you know what's, so like, I have like huge, like, bone the pick with the, the school counseling prevent, uh, profession. And I guess if I'm gonna take my shots, I'm gonna do it on my own podcast. So, but like my, one of my big shots is, right? Um, and I'm not the only one that has, has lauded these critiques. So I, I, I have some, some homies or, or not some homies, but just colleagues or people I look up to <laughs> that also would, you know, sort of, I think, support this. But as we think about the woes of individualism, uh, the school counseling profession, like it, it came into existence, right? Attached to the National Defense and Education Act in 1968, 58, sorry, 1958, in, uh, after the Russians launched Sputnik. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Well, because the US was like, yo, our national prowess is not it right now. We're behind in math and science. Mm -hmm. We need to be number one. Mm -hmm. So we need to get a person in the school, i.e. the school counselor mm -hmm. at that point, the guidance counselor, to make sure that youth can get into math and science. So like my, my critique is like this profession that is at its core should be collective. Right. Right. Group counseling is one of the things that we, we utilize as a tool. Right. Like we understand the importance of human connection, working together to make meaning, uh, understanding how we're perceived by others, how we perceive others. Like it's all relational. And if the goal is relational and like growth through relational interactions, um, our profession, while it might preach that, was rooted in an individualistic effort mm. 
entirely by the the you know the nation that that we're in right mm. now and that's not to say that dope things don't happen in right. my profession because they certainly do but like there's something at the core right that is um feeding this right that that is beyond this that is 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 attached to capitalism is attached to colonialism is attached to white supremacy is attached to every all the ills that we know right are are rooted in i would argue individualism and but it has this impact on us right because then like as human beings trying to like grow and reach for things that make us feel good and successful in this world we force ourselves to engage in individual pursuits and therefore lose and like erase parts of who we are. And that happens to different degrees for different people for different reasons and it's hella complex. But like this, that's what I'm thinking about, right? Is like, yo, I'm alone in my office right now and it's dope, but like it's not dope mm. at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's dope because I worked hard to get here, but at the end of the day, like if I didn't have this podcast, like I would not be interacting right. with people and I'd be mm -hmm. one of these academic heads that's sitting in the office not talking to anybody mm -hmm. trying to write about how to save the world and that's like doesn't make sense right like but that's what the game is right and uh it's like i was talking to i'm rambling now but i was talking to emden a couple days ago and he's like yo this whole thing's built to consume you mm -hmm. like it's just built it's built to consume it's not built to sustain right and like our work is in sustaining right and 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 how do we do that and so like I want to talk about self-care and I want to talk about like, what are you doing on a daily? And, and I'll share some of mine too, not to put it on like, what are you, tell us about how to do all of self-care. No, but like, what are you doing on the regular to like feel full in your work with youth and outside of your work with youth? Yeah. So, so one just goes back to, so just what you were saying just now, Ian, just like struck a whole, I, I felt that in my, my heart. So. <laughs> Um, and so I think part of self-care, first off, for me, is just being in community with others. So, yeah. like, spending time with people that um, that feel like sunshine, like spending time with, mm -hmm. with family, with friends, with with community, with with people that are um, on, you know, a similar mission. That 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 to me is it, it helps to kind of to fuel my soul, really, like there's a lot of people who are not about this work. Mm -hmm. And so I think to me, if we spend time, if I, when I spend time or if I do worrying about those people trying to get them on board, like that is not self-care. Yeah. Being in community with, with others um, where you know you're not alone, you, you know you're not doing this work in isolation, that is part of self-care for me. Another part for me is focusing on joy, like doing the things that bring you joy, right? And that can be different things for different people. For me, part of that is, is music. Part of that is movement, is dance, is being outdoors. Again, spending time with people that I care for and people that care for me. Um, talking with youth, like all of those things bring me immense joy. And that to me, again, is, is part of self-care. It's tapping into just the human side, right? Not just the intellectual side or the academic side, but just feeding my own humanity. Um, another thing I do for self-care for myself is is just sometimes taking a few minutes alone and quiet to gather my mm -hmm. thoughts, to center myself. That might be sitting in the car. <laughs> mm -hmm. That might be waking up extra early when no one else is up and just spending time 
um, either reading, reflecting, sometimes, you know, writing my thoughts down, just being still. Um, during the summertime, I love to like just take my shoes off and, and plant my feet to the ground, like the whether it be the sand, the sidewalk. It's to me, again, it's like replenishing for me. It's ref- grounding. It fills me. Yes, it's grounding. Um, and so those are just, just some of the things that I do for self-care. So just, you know, being outdoors, connecting with others, um, protecting my peace, um, yeah. joy. I'm spending time alone, writing, listening to music. Um, I have my own dance party sometime in the car. I help. I mm-hmm. hype women sometimes. I'm a hype person <laughs> for everybody else, but sometimes I'm my own hype person. So just yeah, yeah, car parties or whatever. Um, yeah, it's so all those things just 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 help to keep me going and grounded and 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 caring for myself. I I love those so much and and uh, you know planting like I love when I walk in grass with no shoes on (laughs) um it just it feels dope and it naturally grounds you in a way that is like you know and this is like an aside but just self-care or whatever I joined like this I'm big in like ultimate frisbee frisbee. and I joined an ultimate frisbee league in uh in central park we played this weekend for the first time and it was just like I'm like out of shape as heck my (laughs) legs were giving out on me but I was like yo this is like to it it, it's so good just to get out there and just like be in the grass and like run around and just like, yo, like what, what, why have I not been doing that? Like what is wrong? You know, but, but the reasons I haven't been doing that is because I've been investing all of who I am mm-hmm. in my work. And while that can lead to accolades like mm-hmm. that, that there are tangible results that can be connected to that. There are also tangible deficits, particularly to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Like it hurts us, like it will hurt us. And so you, you, you dropped it. I mean, you dropped so many gems, but there was one that you dropped that was in the first, um, the first self care sort of tactic, I suppose that you were, you were giving, which was like, some people just don't get this work. We have to just like recognize that. And then just like, not, worry about them um and i and i that's one of the things that's like always difficult for me and i'll tell you why um well there's a lot of reasons one probably because i care too much about what people think about me but but beyond that like on the personal level um if the job like advocacy right it conflates with advocacy and so like I want to convince some people that don't get it to get it so like good things can happen for the young people that i'm working with but at the same time i don't want to get so consumed in trying to get like I hate her to understand what we're trying to do that it takes my joy and peace away. So like, what is that? Any thoughts quickly on like that fine line uh, that one has to walk or draw, you know? Yeah. I mean, to me, we have, we have a certain amount of energy each day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think it's more important to spend that energy on things that are fueling rather than draining. So like, that trying to like convert people who are determined sometimes not to get it like they know mm-hmm. but they're they determined know. not to get it and spending the energy there like to me it's like mm-hmm. nah like nah <laughs> i'd rather yeah. spend that same energy on building something or building with others that i know are you know for the youth and that are about this work and so yeah that's yeah. that's what i have to say for that you know 
and not to say that you can never work with people or you can never try to, to to kind of but i just don't don't stay there i don't spend all my energy there yep because if i spend all my energy there there's not energy left to build what we're trying to move towards so it's 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 conserving energy to like allocate it to where it's most needed right that's right um, and what's you know even if that's running around put my feet in the grass yeah. right? like that is a useful way to spend energy because it is replenishing right? absolutely i love that um so to pivot quickly you came through with some some bars where and i really want to like listen to some lauren hill together uh and nas of course yes. um and talk about that and then and then we can close out with a little bit more on self-care but um let's why don't you kind of introduce the song we're about to listen to and, and i'll pull it up all right so it's uh, it, it it dropped um i believe early august um nas featuring lauren hill called nobody this is the first time they've collabed on a song since like 1996 um and and that was um if i rule the world which is also one of my the songs that i love and so I was really excited to hear Lauren on this track with Nas um, called Nobody. And yeah, these are two of my Let's favorite, two of my favorite rappers also, two of my favorite MCs. Legends. Yes. Legends. Let's, let's check it out. All my time has been focused on my freedom now. Why would I join them when I know that I can beat them now? They put their words on me and they can eat them now. That's probably why they keep on telling me I'm needed now. They tried to box me out while taking what they want from me. I spent too many years living too uncomfortably. Making room for people who didn't like the labor But wanted the spoils, greedy, selfish behavior Now let me give it to you balanced and with clarity I don't need to turn myself into a parody I don't, I don't do the shit you do for popularity They clearly didn't understand when I said I get out apparently My awareness like Keanu in the Matrix I'm saving souls and y'all complaining about my lateness Now it's illegal for someone to walk in greatness They want the same, they want the same, but they don't take risks Now the world will get to see its own reflection And the anointed can Pursue their own direction And if you're wrong and you're too proud to hear correction Walk into the hole you dug yourself Fuck a projection See me in my freedom taking all my land back They said a lot against me thinking I just stand back I got my legs beneath me I got my hands back A lot of people sabotaged, they couldn't stand that I turned the other cheek, I took blow after blow There's so much crisis in the world Cause you reap what you sow When you keep what you know is meant for someone else did you dig for them you might just end up in yourself i'm in the secret place i keep a sacred space. oh all right i gotta stop her she keeps no. going she's going in i i was like how long do i let it go how long do i let it go um unbelievable unbelievable so many gems um where do we even so begin many, why, why like, can you, you gotta start us off this, I, i'll jump in yeah, i'll follow man, you this, this to me is fire like just even how she opens the Crazy. whole verse all my time has been focused on my freedom now to me that's like the the episode of, of self-care like that's it forget what y'all think <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm not living my life for other people my time is now being focused on my own freedom so just living in myself authentically and not worrying about what people mm. think about me not worrying about people what people say like she says you know y'all focus on my lateness i'm out here saving souls you know how they've been dragging Lauren for years, talking about she's showing up Forever. late. She's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm out here saving souls. So y'all say what y'all want to say. Like, to me, it's just it just speaks to, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm walking in my power now. I'm standing in my power. I'm walking in yeah. my power. Um, for years, people have been kind of talking about her and saying this and that. And she's like, forget all of that. I'm focused on my own freedom, 
my own self, my self love, which is connected to self care. Um, so yeah, go ahead, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Well, then she goes into why would I? So she says this whole joint about freedom. All my time has been focused on my freedom now. Why would I join him when I know that I can beat him now? Right? Like, just like, I, I could sit right there <laughs> for forever, right? Um, this, we want to join, right? Like, think about the conversation we're having right now. Like, this whole joint is built for me feeling like in order to feel full, I need to join what is told I'm supposed to be. Right. That's the that's a story of freaking colonialism, yeah. right? Like the definition of knowledge. Like, yo, hip hop was never cool. Like hip hop was never what they wanted, but now everybody wants it. Exactly. Right. So like it, it colonialism is the is the erasure of something and then the feeding it back through like Western dialect and knowledge. Right. And so like if that's it, then like why would I join them when I know that I can beat them now? I'm not I don't need to chase that anymore. I don't need to chase like I can do this on my own in my own ways um, without having to feel like I'm part of, you know, something that strips me of that very freedom. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. So. Steven goes in to say, you know, I spent too many years living too uncomfortably, making room for mm. people who didn't like the labor. And to me, that even connects back again to what we're talking about right here. Like her spending too many years living uncomfortably trying to please others. And now she mm -hmm. is walking in her authentic self, no longer yeah. making room for people who, like she said, didn't like the labor. So like those people who, who are not about this work, the people who are resisting kind of the work we're trying to get at through both hip hop ed and, and what we're doing in education, mm -hmm. um, does not, just not making space for that. It's just continuing to like build, love ourselves and, and move forward. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, right? Because like, I feel like the work that you've been doing for a minute that we've all been doing with hip hop ed for a minute, you know, is, has been it, has been, has been the work, you know, and as we exist in a time where parts of the work become like trendy words that the world is using, like, this is what it's always been, right? Like, like say what you will, like hip hop ed has been pre, you know, and, and not even just hip hop ed, but any person doing hip hop based education yeah. work has been preaching SEL, has been preaching anti-racism, right? Has been preaching decolonialization. Like that's been rooted in the work, right? And maybe I shouldn't say everybody, cause I'm sure there are people that are like not using the work for the right reasons, but the people that are about the work, right? Like, and you know, it's just interesting, right? That like, so they tried to they tried to box me out uh, while taking what they want from me. Ooh. I spent too many years living too uncomfortably, uh, making room for people who don't like the labor or wanted the spoils, greedy, selfish behavior. Mm. So it's like now they want it, but they don't want it. Like, do they want it because, you know, come on, like, do they want it because they feel like they want it or do they want it because it's a stain on like how they perceive themselves, yeah. right? I'm gonna go back to what I was saying before. School counseling exists. Why? Because the national, because the prowess of our nation felt threatened. Mm. Like we're promoting SEL like mm. now. Why? Because a pandemic happened and we realized we've been not doing what we were supposed to be doing. So are we actually doing things because they're the right thing to do? Or are we doing them because we feel like we got caught and we look bad, so now we gotta do it. And like that's, like, that's the work, right? And so like we've been preaching it because we know it's right and that's what I want, right? Like that it's selfish behavior to only start to jack something because you feel like 
you were not jacking it when you should have been and now you feel bad right, right? like and that's and that's i don't like i don't want to operate in that space right and like how, so she's giving us a blueprint um my awareness like keanu in the matrix yes. like, come on yes. like, that's it like you know like it's just it's insane you know um lauren hill man any other thoughts from this? I mean, she dropped so many bars. Uh, she, she dropped so many bars. I was just, you know, glad to see her on the track and for them to come together. But when I first heard that verse, I was just like, yo, like, whoo. Just, just everything about it just, just speaks to, like, freedom and just, um, you know, just, just living your authentic life and your, in, the, in the way, showing up, that, showing up in the way that, um, that you are. Yeah. So. You know, one, one other piece here, you know, she says, uh, now the world will get to see its own reflection and the anointed can pursue their own direction. And if you're wrong and you get too proud to hear correction, walk into the hole you dug yourself, F a projection, mm -hmm. right? And I think we were just talking about this before, you know, these notions of we have to be willing to like look at ourselves and take care of ourselves if we're going to work with youth in mm -hmm. pursuit of helping them take care of themselves right like mm -hmm. and and we can't be trying to project parts of ourselves or ideas of ourselves that are inauthentic right. for various reasons but most importantly because then we can never actually expect youth to to present themselves authentically that's right um, and, and even what we're going where we're saying about self-care she says i'm in the secret place i keep a sacred space to me that that line alone like speaks volumes in terms of of self-care and and just holding that sacred space whether that be protecting your peace protecting your joy whatever yeah. it be and it's her place that secret space that a place that she yeah. for herself they keep showing their hands but keep hiding their face Woo, to, yeah that's <laughs> uh, like the education system right now <laughs> yeah you know so it, it's um you know, I'm, I'm sitting with, I'm sitting with why, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sitting with why a sacred space has to be a secret one. Mm. Um, mm. Like, why do we feel like we can only, and, and maybe it should be, right? Mm. Maybe, maybe it should be. Nobody else is, nobody should know about it because it has to be. But I'm, but I'm wondering like, you know, why, why do we feel like the only way to embrace like parts of ourselves is in, in secrecy? Yeah. Um, see the, and maybe that's not what you meant, but yeah. that's how I'm perceiving so the, this in the moment as we're talking. So the way I, uh, the way I perceive it when she says I'm in that secret place or I'm in the secret place, it's like, it's not something that she has to talk about. It's not something mm -hmm. she has to publicize or tell everybody like, this is the place I'm in. It's just where she's at, you know, yeah. without publicizing it or telling everybody. Um, that's just her sacred space. It's a space that is is uninterrupted. It's a space that um, she doesn't have to wear on her chest, but it's, it's there. And so mm. she's letting us know. To me, she's letting us know, yeah, I got this space. This is my space. I'm protecting it. So, mm. and, and part of the protection is the secrecy, right? right. Is not making it public. And, and I wonder now, you know, as we sort of pivot into thinking about this school year, working with youth right now uh, in a world that is so digitized and so reliant on like social media and publicizing everything that we are. Um, 
how does that get in the way, right, of that sacred space? Or does it help it? Like, is it, it's not, I don't believe it's inherently negative either. So, like, how do you navigate accessing a sacred space with youth and social media and Zoom and, you know, all this stuff? Like, how do we, how do we get to sacred spaces? That's a great question. That's something I think I have to just think on even more. But I think, it looks differently for different people. Like someone's secret or sacred place may be just when they sit down with a pen and paper and write. Yeah, That might be yeah. their, their secret or sacred place. Someone's um, place may be alone time. It may be um, it just, just whatever. Like I think yeah. it looks different for different people. And I think for for youth, it's not forcing them into one way or another. It's not saying you must be this, mm. Mm. but it's kind of allowing them to to carve that space for themselves in a way that works for them, and not forcing yeah. them to to be, you know, what they're not. And and given that we know that, like, obviously the pandemic had, you know, really bad implications for so many. Uh, it also had some really great impacts on, on young people and a lot of young people thrived in it. And I would be willing to bet that a lot of youth found that sacred space mm. during the school day in ways that they have not been able to before because of the, the flexibility that they were given. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, there were a lot of bad things that that, that were you yeah. know that came out of this, but but trying to look for some silver lining here, I bet there were, and and maybe that is an invite for educators to talk to youth about like what did you learn like what did you learn during this yeah. during this time away specifically with like what what did you create for yourself what kinds of spaces did you find yourself in that you liked what didn't you like right, right. like. Ooh. How can we tap into what their spaces are that they created for themselves? Absolutely. To make sense yeah. of it all. I think part of it is just like creating different, a variety of opportunities. Like someone's sacred space may be running by themselves. Mm. It's like, to me, it's like when you're in the zone, someone else's mm -hmm. may be playing the drums. Like my son, he gets mm -hmm. in his zone, he's playing the drum. That's his space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone else's may be through dancing, through art, through sculpture, through you know, a variety of means. So just to me as educators, we have to provide um, just opportunities, a variety of opportunities over time for students to just explore different things and, and just allowing them to get in their zone and, and celebrating that. You know, and, and then that's where our advocacy work, that's where our energy goes, right? Our energy goes into, if I've identified a multitude of practices that the youth in front of me already know of and, and can use for their own self-care and for their own like you know sustaining themselves then like i have to advocate to have those created in the school right, right? like i gotta get this pop and pottery club going after school or whatever if there are youth that that want to do that right um because that is what it, it means right to understand who youth are and how they take care of themselves and then creating opportunities for them to do that right? right um and i think you even, know, and, and go ahead I was say even no, no, being no. creative in, in creating those spaces too. Like, so two years ago, um, you know, we had unfortunately a, a big a, a trauma um, in our school. We lost a, a, a student um, and we've lost like seven over the last four years, which has been absolutely tragic. Oh, man. But um, 
one of the things I created in the school, and this is a high school, was, um, you know, it was like a small group and we did what, what I called trap meditation, right? Mm. So it was like a group of like five of us and we would yeah. just, um, you know, go in. We had our little space and we would do different, you know, movements, breathing exercises to like trap music. But it was like sometimes like the cartoon trap. It was like SpongeBob yeah. with a trap beat. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like something is just different. It was like silly. It was light, but also just that beat. And sometimes for peeps, for some, for some people and for that group that I created, it was just like getting into that zone through movement and the music and the yeah. bass and the breathing. And like, it was really calming and really um, centering for, for the students that participated. And, you know, they really appreciate it. So it's just, you know, just being creative, right? Everyone, doesn't process trauma or doesn't process things in the same way right so we have to have different outlets and so that wasn't like a a curriculum that wasn't like something that was written that's something that we just created so and 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 it works because it's also like for any naysayers rooted in research right like the best trauma the best trauma work is rooted in utilizing multiple senses to process trauma so movement so Mm -hmm. smell right like all of all of the aspects of yeah how we sense right like right. touching feeling thinking smelling right everything right like how we sort of make sense of of trauma in our body is okay. is incredibly important and so trap meditation makes complete sense um to me and and obviously to youth because they were vibing yeah. with it right and 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 i think like you're you're giving an invitation to to listeners to not necessarily go get some like trap meditation going right. unless that's what young people want, but like listen to youth, right? Figure out what, what they've been through and how they've made sense of it in their own secret ways. Yep. Right. And then if you can figure that out, then you could start to build programming that responds to that. That's right. right? And, and trust and believe that school culture will start to look different and shift and all that, all of this is mental health work yes. um, in a very preventive beautiful protective way so i love it um real quick as we wrap up can you just uh let people know how to find you how to get in contact with you sure you know in case they want to reach out so i'm on um, instagram at teach for the culture one word um you can also find me on facebook um teach for the culture llc by email i am teach for the culture at gmail.com um, and my name is Shauna Brown. So, Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. This was super dope. Thank you. And I know that the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Thank you for having me, Dr. Levy. My no being here. Thanks for the invite.